welcome to Wiley Reads. We are back from spring break. Uh, we had a five-night cruise, and we went to Discovery Cove. Did you enjoy it, Wiley? Yeah, but can you stop talking about where we were? Because I don't know anything about that. Um, all right, we are on chapter 14 of Tom Sawyer. And away we go. When Tom awoke in the morning, he wondered where he was. He sat up and rubbed his eyes and looked around. Then he comprehended. It was the cool gray down, and there was a delicious sense of repose and peace in the deep pervading silence, calm and silence of the woods. Not a leaf stirred, not a sound obtruded, obtruded upon great nature's meditation. Beaded dewdrops stood upon the leaves and grasses. A white layer of ashes covered the fire, and a thin blue breath of smoke rose straight into the air. Joe and Huck slept, still slept. Now far away in the woods, a bird called. Another answered. Presently, the hammering of a woodpecker was heard. Gradually, the cool, dim gray of the morning widened, and as gradually, sounds multiplied and life manifested itself. The marvel of nature shaking off sleep and going to work unfolded itself itself to the musing boy. A little green worm came crawling over a dewy leaf, lifting two-thirds of his body into the air from time to time and sniffing around. Then proceeding again, for he, for he was measuring, Tom said, and him of its own accord he sat as still as a stone with his hopes rising and falling by turns as the creature still came toward him or seemed inclined to go elsewhere and when at last it seemed it considered a painful moment in which its curved body in the air and then came decisively down upon Tom's leg and began a journey over him. His whole heart was glad, for that meant he was going to have a new suit of clothes. Without the shadow of a doubt, a gaudy, piratical uniform, now a procession of ants appeared from nowhere in particular and went about their labors. One struggled manfully by with a dead spider five times as big as itself in its arms and lugged it straight up a tree trunk. A brown spotted ladybug climbed the dizzy height of a grass blade and Tom went down close to it and said, Ladybug, ladybug, fly away home. Your house is on fire, your children's alone. And she took wing and went off to see about it, <clears throat> which did not surprise the boy. 
for he knew of old that this insect was credulous about con- conflagrations. Credulous. What did I say? You said credulous. That that D is pronounced like a J. Credulous. Credulous about con- conflagrations. And he had, pra- he had practiced upon its simplicity more than once. A tumblebug came next, pebbling sturdily at its fall. And Tom touched the creature afloat. And wherever there's anybody that drowned... Wait, 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 you have skipped the page. What? Mm-hmm. Start here again. Tumblebug came next, heaving, heaving, heaving sturdily at its ball. Tom touched the creature, and then Tom touched the creature to see it shut its legs against its body and pretend to be dead. The birds were fairly riding by this time. A cat bird. The northern locker lit in a tree over Tom's head and trilled out and trilled out her imitations of her neighbors in a rapture of enjoyment. Then a shrill jay swept down, a flash of blue flame, and stopped on a twig almost within the boy's reach. He cocked his head to one side and eyed the strangers with a with a consuming curio- curiosity. right. I know. A gray squirrel and a big fellow of the fox came scurrying along, sitting up at intervals to to inspect and chatter at the at at the boys, for the wild things had probably had had probably never seen a human being before and scarcely knew whether to be afraid or not. All nature was wide awake and stirring. Now, long lances of sunlight pierced down through the dense foliage far and near, and a few butterflies came fluttering upon the scene. Tom stirred up with the other pirates, and they all clattered away with a shout, and in a minute or two were stripped and chasing after and tumbling over each other in the shallow, limpid water of the white sandbar, they felt no longing for the, for the little for the little village sleeping in the distance beyond the majestic waste of water. A vague, a vagrant current or sl- or a slight rise in the river had carried off their raft, but this only gratified them. Since, since it's going to something like burning the bridge between them and civilization. They came back to camp and they came back to camp wonderfully refreshed, glad-hearted and ra- ravenous. And they soon had to, and they soon had the campfire blazing up again. Huck found a spring of clear cold water close by. And the boys made cups of broad oak over or hickory leaves. What is hickory? 
hickory is a kind of tree. Hmm. And felt that water sweetened with us with such a wildwood charm as that would be good enough to substitute for coffee while Joe was slicing bacon for breakfast. Tom and Huck asked him to hold on a minute. They stepped to a prom they stepped to a promising nook in the riverbank and threw in their lines. They immediately had reward. Joe Joe had not had time to get impatient before they were back again with some with some hams ham hand hand some baths. A couple of sun perch and a small catfish. Provision, provisions enough for quite a, a family. They fried the fish with the bacon and were astonished, for no fish had ever seen seemed so delicious before. They did not know that they did not know the quicker a freshwater fish is on fire after he is caught, the better he is. They reflected a little upon what a sauce open air sleeping, open air exercise, bathing, and a large ingredient of hunger make too. They lay around in the shade after breakfast while Huck had a smoke. Hmm. Keep reading. It's different times. Huh. So like, by that, does he mean like he smoked a cigar or something? Uh, my guess is he has a pipe. Keep reading. Like, what's the difference between a pipe and a cigar? Well, a cigar is wrapped up in a tobacco leaf, and you burn the outside of it. Uh, with a pipe, you have like a corn cob bowl or something that has a stem that's hollow. You pack tobacco into the bowl, and you light it, and you draw the smoke through the pipe pipe is not consumed, the whole cigar is. Keep reading. So it's just like a cigar made out of hard stuff? Like... <laughs> uh, it's, it's a different form factor. Keep reading. I'll show you a picture of a pipe later. A corn cob pipe. Mm, where is it? And then went off through the woods on an exploring expedition. They tramped gaily along and over decaying logs. In, in, in this term, gaily means happy. Yes. Happily. That's correct. Through tangled underbrush among solemn monarchs of the forest, hung, hung from their crowns to the ground, with a drooping regalia of grapevines. Now and then they came upon snug nooks carpeted with grass and jeweled with flowers. They found plenty of things to be delighted with, but nothing to be astonished at. They discovered that the island was about three miles long and a quarter of a mile wide. And that the shore it lay closest to was only separated from it by, nar- by a narrow channel hardly 200 yards wide. They took a swim about every about every hour, so it was close upon the middle of the afternoon 
when they got back to when they got back to camp they were too, they were too hungry to stop to fish but they fared some don't don't go correct me here I want to this out. some 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 Sumptuously upon cold, cold ham. Then threw themselves down in the shade to talk, but the talk soon began to drag and then died. The stillness, the solemnity that brooded in the woods, and and the sense of loneliness began to tell upon the spirits of the boys. They fell to thinking. A sort of undefined longing crept upon them. This took dim shape. Presently, it was budding homesickness. Even Finn the Red-Handed was dreaming of his, of his doorsteps and, and empty hogsheads. But they were all ashamed of their weakness, and one and none, and none was brave enough to speak his thought. Can we, like, take a break here? I need to use the bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm. We sure can. We're almost halfway through, so we'll take a short break. Get yourself some water while you're at it. And we are back. Yep. Take it away. Closing the door. Yes. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. And take it away. Why? Close the door to keep an evil puppy out. Okay. For some time now, the boys had been dully conscious of a peculiar sound in the distance, just as one sometimes is the ticking of a clock, which he takes no distinct note of. But now this mysterious sound became more pronounced and forced a recognition. The boys started, glanced at each other, and then, and then each assumed a, a listening attitude. <clears throat> there was a long silence, profound and unbroken. Then a deep, sullen boom came floating down out of this out of the distance what is it what is it exclaimed wait you should do the other people i I do tom what is it exclaimed joe under his breath i wondered tom said and tom said and said tom in a whisper taint thunder said huckleberry in an odd tone because thunder. Oh wait, that's because thunder. Hark! Said Tom. Listen, don't talk. <clears throat> they waited a time that seemed an age, and then became, and then the same muffled boom troubled the solemn hush. Let's go and see. They sprang to their feet and hurried to the shore toward the town. They they parted the bushes on. 
on the bank that peered that peered out over the water. The little stream ferry boat was about a mile below the village, drifting with the current. Her broad deck seemed crowded with people. There, there were many great skiffs rowing about or floating with the stream in the neighborhood of the ferry boat, but the boys could not determine what the men in them were doing. <laughs> Presently, a great jet of white smoke burst from the ferry boat's side, and as it expanded and rose in a, in a lazy cloud, that same dull throb was, of sound was borne to the listeners again. I know now, exclaimed Tom. Somebody's drowned. What are you doing, Wiley? What are you doing? The pages flip, so I'm flipping it back. Read here. Okay. That's it, said Huck. They done that last summer when Bill Turner got drowned. They shoot a cannon over the water, and that makes him come up to the top. Yes, and they take loaves of bread and put quicksilver in them and set them uh, afloat. And wherever there's anybody that's drowned, they'll float uh, right there and stop. Yes, I've... Yes, I've heard about that, said Joe. I wonder, I wonder what makes the bread do that. Oh, it ain't the bread so much, said Tom. <sighs> I reckon it's mostly what they say over it before they started out. But they don't say anything over it, said Huck. I've seen them and they don't. Well, that's... I've seen them and they don't. Well, that's funny, said Tom, but maybe they say it to themselves. Of course they do. Anybody might know that. The other boys agreed that there was a reason in what Tom said, because an ignorant lump of bread, in, uninstructed by an incantation, should not be expected to act very intelligently when set upon an errand of such gravity. My jeans, I wish I was over there now, said Joe. I do too, said Huck. I'd I'd give I'd give I'd give heaps to know to know who it is. Heaps means money. Means a lot. Yes, like money, like a lot of money. The boys still listened and watched. Presently a revealing thought flashed through Tom's mind, and he exclaimed, Boys, I know who's drowned. It's us. But you're alive. You're right there. If you're drowned, then how are you talking? Keep reading. They felt like heroes in an instant. Here was a, here was a gorgeous triumph. They, they were missed. They were mourned. Hearts breaking on their account. Tears were being shed. Accusing memories of unkindness to these poor lost lads were rising up. Oh wait, now I understand. Mm -hmm. They they all ran into the forest, so like their 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 parents thought they went missing or like they drowned. Mm -hmm. 
huh? Wait. And unavailing regrets and remorse for being indulged. And best of all, the, the departed were the talk of the whole town. And the envy of all the boys, as far as this dazzling notor notoriety, notoriety. notoriety was concerned. This was fine. It was, it was worthwhile to be a pirate after all. As twilight drew on, the ferry boat... <sighs> the ferry boat went back onto her accustomed business, and the skiffs disappeared. The pirates returned to camp. They were... They were... Jubilant... Jubilant? Is that right? Jubilant. Jubilant, not jubilant. It's, it's jubilant, not jubilant. Mm -hmm. They were jubilant with vanity over their new grandeur and illustrious trouble they were making. Grandeur. Grand. What Grand, did I say? You said grandeur. It's another one of those words where the D is pronounced like a J. Grandeur. Grandeur. Their new grandeur and. In, in the illustrious trouble they were making. They caught fish, cooked supper, and ate it. They, and then fell to guessing at what the village was thinking and saying about them. And the pictures they drew of the public distress on their account were gratifying to look upon. From their point of view, but when the shadows of night closed in, they gradually caused, ceased to talk and sat gazing into the fire, with their minds evi evidently wandering elsewhere. The, the excitement was gone now, and Tom and, and, Tom and Joe could not, keep back, could not keep back thoughts of certain persons at home. <sighs> Um, who were not enjoying this fine frolic as much as they were. Misgivings came. They grew troubled and unhappy. A sire too escaped. Um, a sire too escaped unawares. By and by, Joe timidly ventured upon a roundabout upon a roundabout feeler, as as to how the others might look upon. A return to civilization. Not right now, but the others. Not right now, but Tom withered him with desiration. Derision. Oh. Derision. Derision. You know what that means? No. It's like he heaped abuse on him. Scorn. Huck began. Huck, being un, uncommitted as yet, joined with Tom, and the waverer quickly explained, and was glad to get out of the scrape. Is this fifteen? Yes, but you're up here. With as little taint of chicken-hearted 
homesickness clinging to, to his garments as he could, mutiny was effectually laid to rest for the moment. As the night deepened, Huck began to nod and presently to snore. John followed next. Tom lay upon his... Who? Joe followed next. Joe. What did I say? You said John. John. (laughs) No John in the pirates. Keep reading. Tom lay upon his elbow motionless for some time, watching the two intently. At last he got up cautiously on his knees and went searching among the grass and the flickering reflections flung by the campfire. He picked up and inspected several large semi-cylinders of the thin white bark of a sycamore. 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 It's another kind of tree. I know. Okay. Sycamore. Sycamore tree. I'm pretty sure that's in a song, right? Probably. And finally chose two which seemed to suit him. Then he knelt by the fire and painfully wrote something upon each of these with his red kneel. One he rolled up and put in his jacket pocket, and the other put in in the other he put in Joe's hat and removed it to a little distance from the owner. And he also put into the hat certain schoolboy treasures and of almost in, inestimable value. Among them a lump of chalk, an India rubber ball, three fish hooks, and one that had kind of marbles known as a sure rough crystal. Sure enough crystal. Sure enough crystal. Then he tiptoed his way cautiously among the trees till he felt that he was out of hearing, and straightway broke into a keen run in the direction of the sandbar. You know what? I think we're going to stop here rather than go just one paragraph into chapter 15. I think you've done a good job. You've read enough for tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see you next episode. Say goodbye. Wiley, say bye. goodnight. Bye. Bye. Good, good night, too, maybe. We'll see you next time. Yeah.